Yeah. Hey, yo, what's happening, good people? This your boy, Marvin Shaw. We got Deron. We got Mo Lane. And you know what? We are the Beard Always Wins. The Beard Always Wins is the movement. It's the lifestyle. More importantly, it's the podcast. And what we're so grateful and thankful that you all are listening to. And listen, you can check us out on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And listen, we really appreciate it. And, of course, this is a uh, Safe for Work um podcast you can listen to it with your mama's 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 and uh today we do have a special guest you know we do like to um promote you know small businesses and when we know the people it makes it that much sweeter so i get to finally say it's brooklyn in the house because we got my man keyron here right now he's here to promote his business gabe and abe uh so keyron just give us a, a really quick uh you know, uh, synopsis and tell us what it is and tell us how we can get in touch with you if anybody wants to, uh, you know, utilize your services. No doubt. So, Aiden Gabe is a 360 photography photography uh, booth in which, you know, you rent it out, stand up on the camera, goes around you. I'm located in Imperial in San Diego area, Imperial Valley in San Diego. All right. And how, how can they get in touch with you? So, all the information you need is on the website at www.abeandgabe.com. That's www.abeandgabe.com. All right, your boy. All right, man. So y'all, y'all heard it. Um, abeandgabe.com. Abeandgabe.com. And y'all check that out, especially if you're in the um, in the San Diego area. So, uh, Mo. Man, 20, 25 years ago. Well, that, not 25 years ago, but on this day, two two landmark uh albums or an uh, album and a movie was released the movie purple rain and then the album thug motivation 101 by young jeezy was released on this day um well, i didn't know that but man purple rain is one of my favorite albums albums and movies like i watch purple rain no matter what the acting is horrible it's just some bad acting in there you know, uh, Mars Day did a great job, but it's some bad, some bad acting. Um, made Lake Min- Minnetonka uh, famous, and um, when I think about Young Jeezy, man, that was the soundtrack for that summer. I think that was the summer of two thousand and five, and that yep. was the soundtrack, man. Like that thing was jamming, like you couldn't go nowhere without hearing Young Jeezy. So, um, your thoughts on both of those. I don't know if you've seen Purple Rain, but I'm pretty sure you have heard the uh, the album. So... Yeah, so I will... Uh, I'll talk about the, 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 the Thug Motivation first. So, that was like, if I remember correctly, 05. And during that time, like, you gotta give Jeezy a lot of credit for not only what he did for Atlanta rap... Basically, the side because you got to remember during that time Atlanta was already you know, like kind of kind of getting a, a, a stronghold on the industry. But I really think guys and other um, people in other regions started to really mess with Jeezy and his whole movement around that time. You know what I mean? Like I think I was listening to an interview with uh, it might have been Conway Conway the Machine, and he was talking about some of his influences or what he was listening to. And he mentioned Jeezy, you know what I mean? Like the motivation. And you think about upstate New York guys, you know, really rocking with us. So I, I, and I was living in Atlanta during that time. So I can, I could definitely say that was a, um, that was a moment. That was a, that was an impactful for the, for the culture, for, for hip hop. Now going to Purple Rain, I'm going to be honest with you, man. And we had this conversation last time. I'll be honest with you. 
That's one of those movies. That's one of those movies. That's one of those movies. Anybody who knows me knows me very well. There's a ton of movies, classics that have I have not seen. And when I say I haven't seen, that doesn't mean I haven't been in the room when they were playing. But I didn't, you know, give them my undivided attention, and I can't, I can't comment on them like that. The music, yeah, but the movie, unfortunately, I I, I never rocked with it. I never saw it in its entirety. That's a confession. That's my confession. But you seen Love Jones. I've seen Love Jones though. Yeah, we all seen we all seen a few minutes of Love Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it turned into something else. <laughs> gotcha. All right, so Derrod, your thoughts on uh, Thug made it, Thug Motivation One on One in uh, the movie Purple Rain. Uh, let me see. I had just got back. I had been back from Germany for like two months by the time it dropped. So I had. Um, I first got intro to Jeezy uh, from the mixtapes. So all the uh, Gangsta Grills, DJ Drama, the affiliates, all them cats. But uh, yeah, that was the album. That was the album that I was cruising around Kansas City. Shout out to True Street, E71st. That was my soundtrack for that summer, picking up girls from the bus stop. So that was my deal. So uh, Purple Rain, mm, it's a movie I revisit once a year. Yo, we did. Yo, Sidetrack. We need to do a segment where Mo watches one movie every week. (laughs) He comes back, he he reviews it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we have. uh, So next week we got Mo's movie review. (laughs) Next next week we're gonna gonna give it give him one. Uh, Yo. So, um, Kieran. So. just give me your thoughts on man, the uh, Thug Motivation One One Jesus first album, because um, you was up in New York. So how did that when that album hit? Did it hit hard in New York, or was it just oh, this is another Southern rapper? Um, Yo, real talk, I don't even remember what year that was. That was oh five. I was not in New York. Oh, you was in Toronto. Yeah. So the buzz was not that strong over there at all. I tell you that right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, what about Purple Rain? How does that rank when it comes to, like, classic movies? Uh, what's your feelings and thoughts on that? It is a classic, yeah. Apollonia is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lake Minnetonka. Mo, if you don't watch it for nothing, you you, you, you got to see somebody get baptized in the in, in yeah. Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs> Late Minnetonka, man. So, uh, so, so I got, I got another thought, right? So, you know, a lot of times, like people get, they have a dope mixtape, whatever the prelude. That's that's what it used to be, the prelude to the album. When I sit down, and I think about it. I think Jeezy um, might have delivered with his first album because a lot of people have a dope mixtape, but the album be like, eh, be okay. But Jeezy like really delivered with. Going from the Gangster Grills to the album, thoughts around. What, what, what you? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I say he was the first one in the South, but if we're gonna if we're gonna be completely honest, and since we got a uh, we got a guest on here from the Big Apple, can't forget about Fifty and the G Unit mixtapes that were dropping like all through like two thousand two thousand one up until you got like uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. So. But yeah, for the South, like that's the first, that's the first 
big time mixtape that I can remember that came out the South. Like, yo, I remember uh, I pulled up to uh, a gas station on like Canada and like the dude, uh, like some dude walked in with like a box of mixed CDs. All of these joints was uh, Trap or Die. Yeah, and like so, soon as dude opened the box up, like people just start swarming the like the counter to buy them. This is at a gas station, and so I just out of curiosity, I'm like, yo, I'm like everybody, I'm like, it got to be something to this. So I paid my little fifteen dollars and got the mixtape and threw it in my truck, and well, we banged out like from like I took that mixtape back to Iraq, and I was burning CDs like left and right, like five dollars a pop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, so, I, yeah. I, I, I vividly remember uh, walking out, out of the Fox Elated off Victory Drive in Columbus, Georgia. And, um, <laughs> Mo, you know the Fox Elated? <laughs> I'm familiar with the Fox Elated. Continue. So, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I walk out of there, and the, the young lady I was uh, talking to at the time, she was like, hey, buy me this CD. And I was like, I ain't know what it was. And then I put it in and I was like, oh, this is my CD. Now I have to bring you a copy. That's how <laughs> how good that Trap or Die was, man. So, yeah, man. So, today, Trap or Die, Purple Rain. Uh, that's a great day in uh, in, in culture, for, for the culture. Um, also, um, today, Julio Jones signs with Tampa Bay. Now, for the five games that Julio Jones will probably play this year, they might, <laughs> they might have uh, one of the the most prolific offensive uh, teams out there. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks. You got Brady, Fournette, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and now Julio Jones. What's your thoughts on this, gentlemen? I'll go first. Uh, <clears throat> I'm always impressed with the people that Tampa Bay can bring in, like, the, like especially the offensive, the free agent offensive weapons that they can bring in. Yeah, respect. And I know people want to play with Brady. I get it, but it's it's crazy the the guys that they can get to come play with them. But then on the flip side, you know, when you when you throw names out and it's like Julio Jones and you know uh, you say Leonard Fournette, uh, sometimes those names don't really. They don't really land the way you want them to land. You know, the, the name is bigger than the actual production. So, uh, I mean, I think I saw Leonard Fournette came in, what, 30 pounds? 30 pounds overweight? Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he was 30 pounds overweight. But he said he, he said he'll, you know, he'll get it down before the season started or whatever. And then Julio, I mean, we saw what Julio could do in his prime. But is Julio going to be healthy? And is are we going to get Julio like prime Julio, you know what I mean. So, on paper though, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. One of the better teams uh, you pick if you're gonna be playing Madden. For those who still play Madden, <laughs> you know you you pick uh, Tampa Bay um, for offense. What what you got? Uh, you got some on the key? Nah, he just agreeing. All right, Deron, what you got, man? No, I agree. Like I said, in pre-production. Like, Julio lost more than one step. He's lost, like, two steps. And, I mean, if I'm a wide receiver in that wide receiver room, especially with the money that they're paying Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, I'm like, yo, so uh, where do I fit in in all of this? So, I they all professionals. I'm not going to say it's going to cause some dissension within the locker room, but there's only one football, and they can only go to one person at a time. 
So good luck with that, Tampa. But you know what it goes through every time, Brady. Um is this year we see Brady fall off or did he just pick up where he left off where he left off? I, I hope so. I'm tired of this dude. <laughs> let the let the new blood eat. So so when you think about it, right? Tom Brady, I, I, it was a, a a picture. So Calvin Johnson finished high school, college, and a football career, and got inducted into the Hall of Hall of Fame. All during the time that Tom Brady was playing. Insane. Crazy. Hey, speaking of which, speaking of which, Mon, and something else that makes us seem like really, really old. Uh, I know y'all saw the uh, saw the tweet that I sent that uh, Noel Devine's son yeah. <laughs> is getting ready to go to college. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Cause yo, if, if like I know if somebody that's listening to this is younger than like well, everybody that probably listened to this. Like it, like a teenager or like your son or something listening to this, like yo, like you gotta remember, Noel Devine was the first viral YouTube sensation. Yeah, <laughs> like his his high school mixtapes were like things that were like legend out of South Florida. So much so that people thought, because uh, remember he had all those issues. Then he came out here to live with Dion for a minute in Dallas. Yeah, then he ended up either the story goes either he ran away from here. But, like, he had, like, this real troubling, like, childhood and all of this stuff. So, it's good to see that, like, yeah, man, like, that those same ills and, I guess, if you like a better word, generational curses that, like, followed him, not following his son. So, what we see. So, big up to that dude. Hope he, like, make it big. Yeah, salute to him. I'm pulling for him either way. Like, I, I want to see him do well. But when I saw that, uh, <laughs> when I saw that tweet, I kind of, I, I kind of, I said, "Whoa, hold on! I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head, and I'm like, <laughs> well, Devon was about about ten years younger than me. Like, how in the world can he have a son that's getting a scholarship already? But I, I guess, yeah, right, man. It's, it's two, it's twofold. A, he got started early, and B, I'm not as young as I think I am when I look at the, uh, the calendar." <laughs> You know what I mean? Like ten years ago, that feel like ten years ago. So. Yeah, and, and you know what's, what's even crazier? Like, um, just think about Noah Devine. And when when you made you made you made me do the math and made me remember some people I was in middle school with. So um, you know, but out now nah, I'm not even going there. But uh, moving right along. So Derek Henry, uh, I was just once again on the internet just looking. Uh, Deron, if you can pull up Derek Henry's high school football stats. Oh, when he was down there at uh, I can't remember the high school down in yeah 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 down in Florida yeah. Yo, you realize? Oh yeah, he had like yeah like nine thousand yards rushing or something like that, right? Man, no, he had like thirteen thousand yards rushing in high school. People don't. I mean, it's not. It's easy to see why. Yeah, but people don't. Yeah, I mean, pass that much. Don't throw for that many yards. He had it rushing. Dude had uh, one game. He had like five, four hundred ninety-eight yards in one game. I got it here. All right, so I'm gonna give you the stat, the season by season, and then give you the totals. Uh, freshman year uh, on varsity, all four years on varsity, uh, t- two thousand four hundred sixty-five yards, twenty-six touchdowns. Sophomore season, two thousand seven hundred eighty-eight yards, thirty-eight touchdowns. Uh, junior year, two thousand six hundred ten yards, thirty-four touchdowns. And just to let you know it's real, 
uh, senior season, 4,261 yards, 55 touchdowns for a grand total of 12,124 yards, 8.7 yards per carry, 252 yards per game, 153 rushing touchdowns. And just to show you that he was well-rounded, he had one receiving touchdown. <laughs> that's like a – that's that creative player in May. Oh, I take that back. I take that back. That wasn't a receiving touchdown. That was a passing touchdown. Oh, he threw threw a touchdown. Yeah. Wow. I remember the knock being on. I remember the knock being on him coming out of high school. Was like, yo, he runs too upright. Like he'll yeah. never survive because I think around the time that he went to uh, Alabama, I think Bo Scarborough was there. I know T.J. Yeldon was there, and I thought he was going to be the truth because he just ran so smooth. Yeah. And Derrick Henry came through and supplanted like all of them dudes. So much so that he made Alvin Kamara transfer to Tennessee. Yeah. I just remember um, he was coming out. He had committed to Georgia. And then um, he uh, switched his commitment, of course. He flipped to, to Alabama. But when he committed to Georgia, I was just thinking, like, whoa, Ty Gurley, Sonny Michelle. And I think he would have been next. And I was just like, whoa, this is this dude's huge. And I was looking at his, his highlight film. I was like, but he's the biggest person. He was bigger than everybody on his offensive line. Like, this dude was huge, huge man. Like, it's he might be the the greatest high school running back of all time. Might be. Might be, man. Might. Be. I don't know. I heard, like, I heard a um a story about uh, from I want to say it was like Stuart Mandel on his podcast. He was talking about he was like like how we were talking like you were talking about earlier about how like Georgia. Per capita, even though Texas and California got the numbers, Georgia damn near right there with Texas and California as far as, like, putting talent in yeah. D1 and in the league. And they were talking about, like, how this is how much talent was in Texas. A dude from Odessa Permian had to call Stuart Mandel and was like, hey, man, I know y'all big on this guy and this guy, but there's a guy here that I think y'all should start paying attention to. And it was like his sophomore year. Come find out. Or I want to say his junior year. Come to find out, that kid Adrian Peterson. Like that's how that's how much talent is in the state of Texas. Now the thing with Texas talent is my homeboy from my part the podcast I do with my homeboy, like institutional control. Um, the thing with Texas talent compared to Georgia talent, California talent, and you're gonna start seeing it with California talent. And, all the kids don't move out of state with their parents, but the thing with Texas talent, high school talent in particular, is no kids max out in high school. Like you see how I, I told y'all, like it's crazy to ride through and see a middle school football field that rivals like Cleveland Field and sponsored with a huge Kroger sign on the side of the state, like and a, a indoor practice facility for a middle school or a six million dollar high school stadium with an attached indoor practice facility and. A cafeteria that's strictly for the uh, athletes that go to that school. Like that's that's nonsense to me that you would waste that much money on high school athletics. But that's what they do here, man. So yeah, and Lions ain't too far behind because they have they're they're building an indoor f- facility. I think Cockle County already has one. Um, so the money check where they got that money from. <laughs> well, hey, the, the, the <laughs> money, man, the money. And uh, speaking. You know, I'm not even gonna do it. It ain't. It, you know, I ain't, I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. Uh, but uh, Raymond Felton, who's the the head coach for 
Brad Osterhout was actually in the news, made national news as he was uh, a part of that probe uh, for Jeremy Pruitt, you know, the McDonald's bags um, and cash. So, I don't know. So, I think he's pretty much done at the collegiate level. But high school, man, hey, we all make mistakes. We all know the pressures of the um, of the business. And... You know, you kind of do what you told up there, um, but I still have to say, you know, I I, I hope he I hope he writes his, writes the ship at that other school, man. To be honest with you, uh, the first black first black head coach there, and listen, people make mistakes. You give him a second chance, and from what I've heard, he's really had a, a impact um, on those kids' life in a very very short time. So, um, yeah, shout out to the other school. You don't hear that too often over here, so. All right, what else? What's else? Well, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I will say he he does have the unfortunate luxury. Not saying he'll get a second chance because he got one strike against him. You don't never see the black coach get the second chance in high school or in college. Yeah. So hopefully this is not the end of the road for him because I mean college he might it might be a wrap for him unless he was like an elite recruiter before all of this stuff happen because if it's one thing that they're willing to um to uh forgive a black coach for is his ability to recruit like you're not gonna get the art browse treatment if you know how to recruit so yeah but yeah um i hope he i hope he does well professionally and personally as a human being but uh yeah death to that program over there <laughs> on in the city limits <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts on this mo you got any thoughts on this no, I'm always pulling for I'm always pulling for uh for uh for positivity all the way around. You know, I noticed there's a lot of hatred toward uh toward about Austin High School, the Wildcats, you know, and I get it. I get it. It's a bitter rivalry. It's probably the it's probably the greatest rivalry in, in high school football uh in, in, in America. I get it. Um but now I'm in a space where I pull for I can pull for about Austin. If they're not playing lounge. I want to see about Austin do well, man. I want to see. I want to see their coach do well. I want to see the kids do well. I know yeah. a lot of guys that went about Austin that I'm cool with, and I got as long as they're not playing about Austin. I mean, Lounge, I got nothing but you know nothing but love for for, for the Wildcats. It's, it's no hatred. Yeah, and you know what's crazy, man? Like I, I married one. <laughs> My wife went to that school, Crosstown, uh, known as Valdosta. Um, but I'm, I'm with you, man. Like. It's it's unfortunate that it happened, but you know it, it, it's crazy. Like I always say, things happen for a reason, you know. Um, and you know that happened at Tennessee. He comes here. What happens with um, what's the dude named Pros? Yeah, that happens. And then they Valsa makes history with becoming the first black head coach, either at Valsa or in Lowndes County, right? Um, and people gave him like all kind of crap because the team wasn't as good. But listen, that team was on probation. I'm gonna tell you, right, guys, right now, and Valasa will be will will probably win eight games this year. Probably. Yes. They, he can win. He can if it's still the way I remember it. Because you know it's been a minute since I've been to one of the games. He can win eight games, but let him lose the wrong game. And it's gonna be some for sale signs outside of his residence. Now that's a very good that's a very good point because it's unique in Valdosta. Like you can you can, you can win eight games in other places, 
and feel really good about your season. But you can win seven or eight games in Valdosta and lose to the wrong teams, and and it, it's not sweet. Yeah. Who was the Who was the coach before Rodemaker? Was it Darlington? Uh, maybe, I think so. Uh, or no, Tomlin. Uh, you wasn't it? Mm, no, this was before Tomlin was there. But you remember the year uh, Lions and also played on ESPN, and Valdosta did those two onside kicks. And yeah. the same kid, uh, he screwed the pooch on both of them. I was watching it with a clique of friends in, uh, in D.C., and the first thing I said was, they better, I was like, whoever the sheriff better have some security around that young man's house. Yeah. Like, that's how serious it is. Yeah. And I was told I was told the coach at the time had for sale signs outside his house uh, after that happened. It's serious. Now, Armand, um, I don't know if we talked about this before, but I saw Lyons' schedule. And I looked down that schedule and I saw, what, six teams from Georgia, four teams from Florida. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I don't know. And I think three of them were from, from like, South Florida, from the Miami area. American I don't know how I don't know how good these teams are going to be, but uh, I don't think the schedule is doing lines any favors Man, for, listen, for a new head coach. Listen, this is probably <laughs> – that for a team that doesn't play a national schedule, like when you when you think about like uh, Bishop Gorman, um, what's those other schools? Um, IMG St. Joseph out of Baltimore. Yeah, like this, this schedule that Lyons has, um, it could be very well a long season for the Vikings. That's what that's what I would say. Um, the probably the best player on the team coming mm-hmm. back. Is Jakari Fleming, um, Smoke Fleming? He'll be number one. I think that's his number. Uh, defensively, I think you got to. Um, they'll be a little bit better. Um, you got you got the baby bull on the defensive line. So if it, if it's anything like his daddy, then uh, they'll be all right. But they they also went to a. They kind of simplified the defense. Went to a four two five. So that should help them out some. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, Having a luck, the luxury of Jakari, Jakari Brown. It, unless you got somebody coming up in the same mold, because you got to think they went from Mike Barrett, who was a running quarterback, to Jakari Brown, who's a running quarterback. Um, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. And yeah, I be at that Mary. I be at all the games, um, except one. You think about it; those are two guys that are playing at Power Five schools right now. So yeah. I mean, hopefully you got another Power 5 quarterback waiting in the wing. Yeah. Like, for instance, Mo, remember uh, freshman year we played Moultrie. And, uh, no, we played Valdosta. We played Valdosta the freshman game. Um, And Brandon Coward got hurt. And we had Marcus Burks at quarterback. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) and 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 Burks was not prepared. Like, we did not have a backup quarterback. Do you you remember that, Bo? I don't don't remember that specifically. (laughs) I do remember us not having a backup. But I don't remember Burks. I don't remember uh, Burks' performance. Yeah, because there's nothing to remember. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the moral of that story is. You want to have a you want to have a good backup. Yeah, a good a good, a good backup. And, you want uh, to have a good. But the thing is, is that like the backup that they had um, 
for for Lions. Like there, there's gonna be some drop off. But that's basically what I'm trying to say. That's the kind of it might not be yeah. that bad. But um, and listen, this this is not a knock against Burks. Burks played tight end and defensive end during these days, and I don't ever remember Burks taking a snap in practice. Um. At all, like he just got put, he just got thrown in there. They might as well have put me back there or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but let me let me say this though about the quarterback position because yeah. I'm I'm further away from the program, so I don't you know I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. I don't you know I'm not as as probably as, as tuned in as you are. But like if you look at going from Michael Beard, who is a a, a big time player, going to Brown. Who is another big time player? I wouldn't expect that they would have somebody like that. But if that's the trend, you know, you're probably not going to see a huge drop off. Am I am I right? Is it safe to assume that? Like, it's it's. I want to say yes, but at the same time, what I know is no. So the <laughs> so if you if you watch the game, um, the last game of the season against uh, Travis Huntington, right? The court, the backup quarterback that they had then, um, I think he's a junior this year. But they don't even know if he's going to play football because he's he's already committed to South Carolina to play bas- play baseball, and he, they're, they're projecting him to go in the first two to three rounds of the draft, anywhere between one and three. Uh, some some mock drafts have him going in the first round. So whether he's going to play football or not, then you got some sophomores and freshmen that are coming up in the system. So and they don't. I don't know. I haven't been out there in a, in a minute, uh, but they don't seem to be the biggest of kids. You know, Mike Barrett was big, six one two twenty. Brown was what six three six four two fifteen. So, um, yeah, we'll 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 see. Like the pictures, okay. I've, the pictures I've seen. One of the kids looks like they eighth grader. Look, looks like an eighth grader. So, um, we will see. It's gonna be it's gonna be. Uh, so, I'm just saying they could have gave my man. They could have just gave my man a chance coming out the door with American Heritage uh, and Gaston County. But let me see. Oh, oh my man's a uh, running back coach at Gaston County. Right. Um, yeah, that'll be a tough one. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be too. I, I think they got this mentality where they don't care too much about the um, the out of region schedule. Is only the, the out of the out of region schedule is only meant to make them stronger for when they get to region. Yeah. So I don't even think they care about taking the L's. They really don't count against anything. Yeah. Like, like I know they. But do. you still want. But you still don't want. But you still don't want that record to make you look trash heading into the playoffs. Yeah. Because, right. Right. Yeah. And I, I understand that philosophy of you know the out of region games really don't matter that much because they don't have playoff implications. But if those early out of region games don't go well then that can set the tone for, you know, um, kind of the, the, the energy or the attitude of the team, especially for a new coach. Now, if you got a coach that's already been established and you start off with some with some tough teams and you take some take your lumps, you know how to, you know, how to pick up the pieces and move forward in the season. But let's just say it does not go well twice early in the season. Um that could spell trouble for the for the rest of the season. Trying to you know new quarterback, new coach, you know all these things. So we'll see. I'm pulling for him though. I'm pulling for him either way. Yeah, man. I looked at the schedule. I was like, what happened to Hepsiba and Savannah High and? Uh, <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> you know, like, 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 I'm, I'm wondering, like, I'm looking at the schedule, like, what happened? The Thomasville, um, you know, to get like a little, now nah, they want to step up a competition, but um, you know, Warner Robins nah. is, is is elite now. It's, it's, uh, it's no help, but they jumping right into it. I know, right? But so, I would, I, I will say this though: I would rather see a team win six or seven games and go deep in the playoffs yeah. than a team that. You know, eight, nine, ten games, and then loses in the first or second round to some anybody out of Atlanta. You know, yeah, yeah. So it's it's gonna be tough to. Um, I think the region's new now, so I think it's what Richmond Hill, Camden, Valdosta Lounge, and um, Moultrie, Cockle County. So it's, it's a new region. I got a question, but I I got a question, but I'll save it for after we finish this. I know we got other stuff to get to. All right, let's get to it. What, what's, what's next on the agenda? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I can briefly go over um, my uh, Kendrick Lamar concert. Uh, oh yeah, experience. you did go. I, I did want to talk about that. So um, let's just say Pyros and Crips all got along. They probably guns down at the end of the song. Did he perform that? That's all I want to mm-hmm. know. Did he perform Mad City? Um. Yeah, I've seen the video. Uh, <laughs> I, tur- I turned into everything I hated about millennials and Gen Z. I was like, man, just experience the show. And there I was with my phone out recording the show. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but uh, he did, He, I will say this, you can tell there was a little bit of rust for, I mean, not, I mean, what was the last time he probably did a concert? Like 2018 when he went on the damn album tour. But, um, it's, it's some songs on this new joint that I actually rock with that I thought would translate to a performance that you could tell that the crowd was cool with it, but it was like, nah, play them classics. Like, he did. But he also did a good job of um, doing a medley of hits. Like, he would do, he would open up with, like, three songs from, like, two songs from the new album and then just jump into Good Kid, Mad City, uh, Money Trees, uh, DNA, um, the fun, the funny thing is, he did, uh, he did, uh, I can't remember the name of the song, but it's like track number three on the new album. And he said, there's a line in that when he said, the first time I cut up a white, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he changed the, he changed the wording to it. And as soon as he changed the wording to it, my sister looked to me and she was like, yeah, he's not going to perform Auntie Diaries because, you know, Auntie Diaries got that F word at the end. Yeah. So, and of course he didn't perform it and he did it I think the only night he's ever did Auntie Diaries was like the opening night in Oklahoma City and did that but aesthetic wise the most visually stunning concert that I personally went to and probably the best I've seen since the Yeezus tour when Kanye had the floating stage it's that the 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 uh, the visuals are that good and that's for the opening night the mid card and the main event, like it's that good. But yeah, it's if it like I think he'll be in Atlanta this weekend, and I'm actually thinking about flying up to DC to catch the, uh, the DC show. But if you can get to it and watch it and catch the show, I highly recommend that you go and check it out. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so Mo, what was what's the best concert you've ever been to? Best concert I ever been to? Yeah. Um. I haven't really been to that many concerts, but I would say the best one was probably uh, um, 
Oh, it was like, a, it was actually an old school outdoor concert. It was like, a, it might have been a Lakewood Amphitheater in Atlanta. Um, Earth, Wind & Fire. Uh, it was like, oh man, it was, it, it was, I want to say it was Earth, Wind & Fire. It was um, somebody else. But it was, it was like an old school uh, festival type deal. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like for me, it was the, the block party, the 90s block party. Um, I think it had Guy, Monica. Monica closed the show. And when I say she closed the show, she closed the show. It's the reason why she was the, the headliner. But um, you had Jagged Edge, uh, Genuine. Uh, who else? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was that 90s block. It was like in 16, maybe 17. Um, that was like just from start to finish was just like, whoa, this is great. Because, you know, I knew how, you know all the words to the song. Um I did, I did go to the Black Panties tour, um, Chicago, um, Chicago's own R. Kelly. Um, uh, I did, I did go there and I can honestly admit, I went to it and I enjoyed it. That, that show, um, with him and Tamar Braxton, but I bet you did enjoy it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that was, that was, that was it, it was actually a real good show. Um, but I can honestly say like Monica just watching, uh, no, the, excuse me, the best concert I went to was, uh, Usher Confessions, the Confessions tour. Like, okay. just, like as far as just like a dope performance, like from start to finish, the Usher Confessions tour was, was, was dope. That one right there. Um, before that. Before that, before this concert, I gotta say, let me see. I seen the Roots and concert. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, probably the best concert I went to, and it was at a small, it was at a small intimate venue too. But it was uh, the Nas, Damian Marley show in Kansas City when they uh, released uh, Distant Relatives, and it was all because of the hype, man. Like I don't know who Damian Marley. I think he got to be a, one of the Marleys, but I don't know what where he fall in on the hierarchy of the Marleys. But uh, yeah. That man earned his money that night because, I mean, that man was a one-man show. Hype man, like, Flavor Flavor probably look at him like, damn, brother, calm down. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, speaking of Marley's, um, Bob Marley's No Woman, No Cry is used in the trailer for the Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever. Now, Mo, did you see Black Panther? Tell me something. Yo, that, not man. to cut you. Not to cut you. My bad, my G. My bad. Not to cut you. Can we bring it back right quick? One quick second. What's up? So, true story, all fact, no cap. I've never been to a concert. Ever. Like any? No, ever. I've never, ever, ever, ever been to a concert. Okay, well, right. I have a question for you. If you've never been to any concert, is there anybody you would actually want to see live, like perform live? Yo, you know what? Like, like real talk, I don't know, man. Like, like, because the thing is, like, like I've always been like a Jay Z fan, like a you know, like a Jeezy fan, a, you know what I mean, like a Drake fan, Kendrick fan, all of them. You feel me? But like I, I never really had a desire to give a shit to go see any one of them. <laughs> 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 you know I mean? Like sorry, yeah. nah, and you no, know, but I, I, only I, I, I'm saying this. Go ahead. Nah, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I can kind of I can see how that is because I'm a I'm a real big you know hip hop lyricist fan, right? But yeah. I don't see that translating well in shows for a lot of rappers. Like, a of course you got to know all of the words, and that makes it a, a lot a lot better. But 
acoustically, I would rather see an entertainer like a, a, a dancer that can that can put on a show and I listen to the music versus just going to a rap show where they're just gonna be rapping and acoustically yeah. it's gonna be like a bunch of you know. Yeah, like I've been to a um like a jazz show. Um, yeah, and those are and those are perfect because I mean it's small intimate setting. You can exactly art, artists can basically just have a one on one with you in the crowd. Like I think. Like probably like the best the best overall show that I've been to where I was thoroughly entertained from beginning to end was like when I got to see uh it's a historic venue in Nashville called the uh, the Raymond Cathedral. It used to be an old church and I went to go see uh Terrence Martin, uh Thundercat and Herbie Hancock. Best concert I ever been to. Mm. That's a hell of a lineup. Hey, so Kiran, I'm 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 throw I'm gonna throw it back to you, Kiran. Um when I when I with this one right here. Um, yeah, but wait. First, I got we first we got to establish something. Mo, did you see Black Panther? Did you watch Black Panther? Yes, 100%. You know, that was a movie that I went to the movie theater to yeah. see, saw it when it came out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy about this guy? What's that? I don't watch that's the only Marvel movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't watch any of the uh, no Marvel, none of that. And Black Panther was when I said I gotta go see it. So I went to the theater and I saw Black Panther. Okay, all right. And I hadn't seen anything else prior to it, so I always give Black Panther props because it was a good standalone movie for somebody like myself who had not seen any of the other, you know, um, the other the other movies. I felt like it was a great standalone movie. I could watch it independently. I enjoyed it, and that was it. All right. So I got you. You might want to watch uh, Infinity. The Infinity War and Endgame. Just might want to watch. Those are his last two appearances before going to see Black Panther 2. Just might want to watch those. Um, to kind of see exactly the state of Wakanda um, during those times to see exactly uh, what happened. Um, now. So, so before you continue, before you continue, have y'all seen all of the movies? Like, have you? Have you yeah, I have. have. You have? Deron, have you seen all like all of the Marvel movies? Uh, I seen all the ones that the the Marvel nerds claim because they don't claim uh, the Incredible Hulk movies that came out. Those are the only two I haven't. So I've seen okay. the I've seen the Incredible Hulk, the, both of them. The second one with Edward Norton is really is it's good to me. I don't, I don't know, I enjoyed it. I got a I got a crazy Black Panther story. <laughs> all right, so. I went ultra. I went ultra black for the opening. So I went to. I went to. I went back to South Africa like right before it dropped, and it dropped. It dropped two weeks early. It dropped a week early before it dropped in the states. And so went to the what's the name uh, hanging out with my homegirl. Come to find out, the guy who played the younger father to Chopper in the movie, they went to school together, and she used to work for John. Uh, I think his name John Cannon. I think that that's the guy that plays the older father. Okay, so. So we were walking, and she was like, yeah, she was like, yeah, I know him, blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, she get on the phone. Next thing you know, we get to go to the premiere in Cape Town. Oh, wow. That he was hosting, that he was hosting at this theater. And ended up uh, chopping it up with his son, because his son, the father, the the, father, the older T'Chaka, in real life, his son played the younger version of him in the movie, the one that killed his brother, uh, that uh, killed, uh, killed Mother's father. So... 
me and them ended up uh, like she uh, video called them. Next thing you know, we ended up like kick, we ended up like following each other on Facebook. Like so, that was my so yeah. So it was all, but it was a whole bunch about that movie that like I love, but it was people around because I remember it was a family, American family that was at the theater when we went to see it the second time. And the dude was like talking to his son that was like, I'm like, this kid just want to enjoy the movie. He was talking about, man, this is going to change generations. It's going to like put wealth back into his black family. I'm like, damn, calm down, man. I'm next, I'm like, this dude, eight years old. <laughs> wow. So. Wow. But yeah, man, this is my, uh, so, yeah. y'all can't see it, but I went ahead and go put on my dashiki as we're talking about, um, you know, Black Panther. But yeah, we actually, we bought the kids dashikis and everything. We went. Um, man, cause just, we really did just want them to be proud of, uh, you know, the African heritage. Um, even though I don't have any aspirations <coughs> of visiting Africa. But, <coughs> yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. Yeah. But but anyway, Black Panther 2. Um, did any, any of y'all catch the trailer? I yes. did. My- yeah, how how you how you feel about it? Me personally, I thought it was it 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 tells you enough what I'm telling you a lot, which that seems to be the thing that plays movies these days. Like you can watch the entire, you know the whole genesis of uh, you know the whole backstory of the movie before you even walk in to see it. Like it tells you everything in the trailer. So. Uh, I know there's a certain segment of the uh, of the culture that seems to be bothered by the uh, lack of representation by uh, African American men in the trailer, but that's a small minority. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird though. Like Black Twitter is weird. Uh, so you had that going on. Um, actually, and you know what? I I gotta correct myself. Last week I said that uh, that uh. What movie I said it was uh, Thor was the end of uh, Phase Four. Apparently, this is going to be the end of Phase. Four. Okay, yeah. Now, um, I also, I also have to correct myself as well because I said the uh, it was going to be Secret Wars. Uh, there is a Secret Wars that's going to be played, but the one about the scrolls is the Secret Invasion. Uh, somebody uh, reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, you got your secrets mix, mixed up." Um, but <clears throat> I think that I don't know. I, I like the way it's playing out, but I do think with they're, they're showing Namor, but I don't think Namor is going to be the villain. Yeah. Nah, hey, he's not, not saying, saying, not saying, not not saying, not saying much. But I'm gonna say a little something. Kind of heard a rumor that my, that our boy is gonna show, not show up in this movie, but there's a slight chance that he's gonna pop up in Phase Five. Talking about Doom, dog. We gonna get some Doom in Phase Five. I think <laughs> so, so. I think we get Doom in this movie. You sure? I'm positive. Like I'm, I'm not. I'm like. You know what? We're, I, we'll, I, discuss, we'll discuss. We'll nerd, we'll nerd out and discuss phase five when we tell you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I, I think I think we get Doom. I think they're gonna do um, Doom War. That's all I'm gonna say. It's gonna be kind of inter- intertwined with this, with this uh, Namor, because Namor is not really a villain. He's just like anti hero. Yeah, he, yeah. Oh, some Deadpool stuff. Kind of sort of. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think we're gonna get a little bit of. Dr. Doom. I don't think he's going to... I think he's working behind the scenes. Hey, since you guys are like insiders, <laughs> do y'all have 
eye on who the, the Black Panther is because you know at the end of the trailer they they showed the Black Panther but they didn't really show. So uh, if you're going by the comics, you think it's Shuri, right? Um, because she assumed the mantle of um, Black Panther. I heard some people say Mbaku, but it's probably going to be Nakia. Probably that would be my second guess. Yeah. Who's your first guess? First guess is they go back. You know what? Rewatch the trailer and listen to the last lyrics when the calls come out. So you think they bring Killmonger back? Yep. Hold on, you said listen to the last lyrics. What? At the end of the trailer, listen to the last lyrics of All Right. Okay, okay. And that might tell you, that might tell you a little bit. Oh yeah, we get our girl uh, Thunder, well, not Thunderbolt, but uh, uh, Thunderheart, Oz. Ironheart, Ironheart. Yeah, Free See, she in the joint too, which is significant because uh, teenage black girl, she reverse engineered uh, the Iron Man tech to make her own Iron Man. Yep, and you see, and you see, she building it in the uh, trailer. Yeah, so it's gonna be dope, man gonna be dope so look last 10 minutes man uh one thing i wanted to say um get back to college football really quick georgia tech has scored 35 points against georgia the last four years it is i want to say 180 to 35 combined score um the most points they scored was 21 points do you think do you think georgia tech scores Two touchdowns against Georgia this year. <laughs> Probably no, I ain't in a, I ain't in a Georgia football like that. I, I, I would say no. I would say no. You know, I was having a conversation with a, a Georgia super fan this week, um, and I was talking more so about Georgia Kentucky game, but it ended up becoming a conversation about Georgia versus everybody and how Georgia is being uh, disrespected in the in the SEC predictions. By, um, by Alabama and the sports writers and everybody else. But that person made a, a point because I, I brought up the fact that Georgia lost so much on defense. They lost guys to the NFL. You know, on offense, they have great tight ends. They got skilled players. But their quarterback is kind of a question mark, right? Um, and that's not that's not me. That's just most people think he's, he's the middle-of-the-road average guy. And I brought this up, and that fan reminded me that, you know what? Go back to the beginning of the season last year, Morris. Did you have any idea that Georgia's defense was going to do what they were going to do? And I was like, no, I didn't. I thought Clemson was going to beat them that first game. And most people did. And he said, well, just keep in mind, the same way those guys were on the roster and you didn't know them and showed up and dominated, they got Georgia got other guys on the roster that you don't know that's going to show up and dominate next year. So, I, 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 you know, I was doubting Georgia, and it started to make me think. I was like, man, Jalen Carter, I think that's his name, Jalen Carter. Yeah. The kid, I was like, man, he could be one of the best players in, in America, for all we know, and he didn't even really play that much last year. No. So uh, I'm, I think I might scale back on, on doubting Georgia, and, and I don't even think Georgia Tech might even score on Georgia defense, man, uh, if they got the same type of talent they had last year. You know, guys on the bench that we don't even know. Gotcha, gotcha. What you got, Duran? I got nothing on Georgia. 
right, man. So, uh, so, so, real quick, and Mo, you touched, you touched on something. Because um, me being, like I said, I'm a Georgia fan. We all know this, but I'm not a fanatic. And if you ask me my top five, it would be Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, um, and whoever you want to throw in at four and five, right? It was, it was, um, some, I got, I've seen people throw um, USC up there. I've seen people throw, um, uh, oh man, what's the other team? Good. It just blew my mind. Texas A&M. Yeah, A&M. Um, Clemson. Yeah, Clemson. Whoever you want to throw in there. Um, I think a couple people have had um, Miami ranked in the top 10. But however you want to do it, the top the top two teams coming into the season, Alabama and Ohio State. It's like, I, I don't get it. So, do you think that's right? The top two, Alabama or Ohio State? You see, that was part of the conversation that I was having. Like, uh, the idea was that why would Ohio State, why would we assume that Ohio State is leapfrogging Georgia? Why, why would we assume that, you know? And, again, my comment was, well, look at the quarterback position. Ohio State probably has one of the best quarterbacks in the country coming back. And you got Stetson Bennett, you know. Um, but I had to scale, again, I had to scale it back and say, man, I, I can't doubt George's defense. So I would have I would have been okay with that. But now I probably put Alabama number one. And I'll probably put Georgia at number two right now. And, and you know, I'm okay with that. SEC bias. Like, <laughs> SEC bias. Like, I'm 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 okay with that, but if you got Georgia at three, if you got Georgia at five, I'm a, they're 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 definitely one of the top five best teams in the in the nation, right? So, but but, but do you feel confident? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel like if Alabama played Ohio State, they would give them a better game than Georgia? Um. So here's my thing. I think offensively. Yeah, they probably will because it be, might be a bad matchup for Alabama. Um, okay. But on, on the offensive side of the ball, I think that score would be like 52 to 49. Um, like, because last year Ohio State didn't play any defense. They played just enough defense. Um, and that's my whole thing. So if, it's not that Alabama doesn't have the talent. Not Alabama, but um, Ohio State didn't have the talent on the defense. I think it was just scheme, maybe scheme-related. Um, they tried to correct it during the year and it didn't get corrected. So we'll 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 see. And also um, Utah, I think Utah might. I see people have Utah up up, up in there, um, but who knows, man? Who knows? So um, got about five minutes left. Let's see. Oh, today, uh, Liz Cambridge uh, divorced. The L.A. Sparks. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. You know that, and that's not a that's not a story that I'm uh, I followed very closely on Twitter, and people were talking about it. So I was like, "Hey, what's going on with this?" And I saw it, and I said, "Did she just leave? Like, didn't she just leave one team and join the L.A. Sparks?" And I, I, I after reading, I found out that was in February. So she's only been there since February, and now she. She already wanted out. So uh, a little more research, I found out that she's from Australia. Yeah. Uh, she's Melbourne, which is the same place that Ben Simmons is from. And I'm, 
I don't know how to <laughs> I don't know how to read into this, but it seems like neither one of them want to play basketball. That's what it seems like to me. She, she has a bit of a checkered past because I think her parents are Nigerian. But she went on a super racist rant while playing like the Nigerian women's uh national team, calling them monkeys and apes and all this other stuff. And what? this is before and this is before Tip Hall. I'll send you the link. Hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. Are we talking about the same person? Because I think she's Liz 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 Cabbage, yes. Yeah. One of her parents one of her parents is Nigerian, I believe. Oh wow. All right. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I was laughing in the background. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, I, I just never heard the term divorce in a contract. Like divorce in the contract. team. I just, I just never heard. I've never heard that before. I was like, wow, this is a first. Um, yeah, it was an divorce. I think what happened was she was like, hey, I'm out, and they didn't want to force her to be there, so yeah. they they used that terminology, divorce. Wow. Okay. I'll read it real quick. Liz Cambridge was named to the national team for Tokyo Olympics, but withdrew in July 2021. She stated it was due to mental health issues. And that it came about, she racially abused players on the Nigerian team during a pre-Olympics training game, calling the players monkeys and telling the Nigerian players to go back to your third world country. She was later found to have elbowed and slapped players on the Nigerian team, causing causing the training game to be called off. Hey, that's that Niger that's that uh, Australian part of her coming up. Yeah, <laughs> you know it is it, just like Georgia. It, it is a penal colony. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. But um, yeah, that, that that was the first of me. So um, this week we didn't get to the uh, predictions. We'll get back to that next week. Um, but I do want to just say, um, you know, thank thank you, Kiran, for showing up and uh, and telling us about Abe and Gabe. Abe and Gabe, let's follow your three sixty photo booth needs if you're in the south. Southern California, um, San Diego, Imperial area, please hit abeandgabe.com. Also, um, one other thing, um, and really quick, really, really, really quick, because we got two minutes. So, who, what, ah, really quick, life, so I had this conversation, right? Life. Or the first coming to America. Have you seen both of those movies, Mo? I have seen both of those movies, and the first coming to America is probably. You asked me this last week, but that's probably my most. That's probably my favorite movie of all time. Okay. All right. What you got, Deron? Which one? Coming to America uh, or Life? No, it's a. Uh, it's a uh, life for me. Life. Even though coming to America is right up under. All right. Kiran, you you want in on this or you good? I'm gonna run with life, just on the fact that like I can see that like two dudes actually really going through something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I got I got life. I think life just keeps getting funnier and funnier and funnier every time that I watch it. Like I noticed something because of the cast. I noticed something different. Like every matter of fact, I appreciate that, man. I'm about to go count the clouds to that movie too. <laughs> <laughs> like I know there's something every time, but something I laugh at it, man. So, um, so there we go. So listen, hey guys, it's been wonderful. Another hour has passed, and you know what? Once again, it's the beard always wins. We got Armand, we got Deron, we got Mo, and we got Kieran. Uh, so listen, the beard always wins. Movement, lifestyle, podcast, and Deron. 
You got the last 20 seconds. Take it away. Uh, shout out to Nick Cannon. He just had his, his whoever his, whoever the woman is this time just had their eighth child. And, <laughs> and uh, don't vote for Herschel Walker. Don't vote oh, for Herschel Walker. All right, guys. Peace.